So if you read Robert Cairo's extremely long biography of Lyndon Baines Johnson, which I have not completed, you will find that LBJ was not a pushover. He was a tough cookie all around, all the time. In his work in the government, in business relationships, in his friendships, he was not somebody you messed with. And this played out, of course, famously in both his foreign and domestic policy. So you have as many opinions on LBJ's foreign and domestic policy as you have people in a room. But one thing we can all agree on is that his two wars, Vietnam and the war on poverty, were very different. So in one, you have a traditional war, guns and bombs, rival forces facing off against one another. In the other, you have Head Start, Medicaid. You have all these programs that are really just bent on ensuring that folks have access to medical care, folks have access to education, and so forth. But for LBJ, they were both very serious wars that he was taking on. In today's psalm, we hear about the enemies of God. And it was so beautifully sung that you may have missed them being melted like wax, being dispersed like smoke. It is this very daunting, intense imagery of the complete dissolution of those who hate God, of those who are his enemies. And so we may want to ask, who exactly fits into this group? Do I fit into this group? Are my family members in this group? Is this just the sort of Hitlers and Stalins of the world? Is this atheists, agnostics? Is this people of other religious traditions? Is this people of the Christian traditions that I personally happen to disagree with? Like, who are the enemies of God? Turning back to the earliest writings of the church, St. Gregory of Nyssa answers this question in his book on the Lord's Prayer. He says that every human being is created in the image and likeness of God. That every single human being is infinitely loved by God. That there is nothing you can do, be it being of little faith, be it being a tyrant or a mass murderer, there is nothing you can do that can make God love you 0.00001% less than he does. Because God's love is infinite, God's love is unconditional for every single human being. St. Gregory says that it is impossible for you to be in these two categories. You cannot simultaneously be both a human being, infinitely loved by God, and God's enemy. Instead, he says, the enemies of God are the forces of wickedness, of darkness, of cruelty, of sin, of evil, of death itself, who St. Paul calls the last enemy defeated by Christ. <clears throat> he says that, in fact, there are these two opposing armies. There is all humanity that are arrayed in ranks, and then there is evil on the other side. And he points out that when a human in a regular army is struck by one of the enemy's bullets, his or her own side doesn't then turn on that person and attack them as well. Instead, they are dragged to safety. And that we as Christians, when we find someone who has been overcome by evil, by unkindness, by cruelty, when they have been possessed by evil itself, 
Our job is not to attack them, but to love them, to drag them to safety, to drag them to peace, to drag them to joy. So these rebels, these enemies of God, the forces of evil itself, sin and death, these are what are melted like wax. These are what are dissipated like smoke. It is the total overcoming of darkness by light, of, good, of evil by goodness. In today's reading from Acts, we see the ascension of Christ. And to us, this may sort of seem like Christ is, has this period of the incarnation, and then he gets beamed back up to heaven, a la Star Trek, and it's the end of that period, the beginning of this sort of Pentecostal period of the church. But if you were a first century Jewish person, that's not what you would see in the ascension at all. In witnessing the ascension of Christ, you would see what happens in the seventh chapter of Daniel. So Daniel sees one like a son of man coming on clouds before the Ancient of Days, before the Father. And to him is given all victory, all power. He is given the ability to rule over all his enemies. Arise, O Lord, and, and rout your enemies. This is what's happening in that moment in Daniel. And in the Ascension, we see the Son of Man. This title Jesus uses for himself over and over again, 84 times the New Testament. The Son of Man arises on a cloud, comes before the Father, and to him is given all power, all glory, to rout his enemies for all time, to overcome the forces of sin and evil and death. Very well, you may say. But isn't there still horrific stuff happening in southern Sudan, in Ukraine, in Yemen, down the street, school shootings, cancer, heart attacks? Like, isn't all that stuff still going on? How is it that, the, that all evil, all sin, all death has been routed, melted like wax, dispersed like smoke? Well, the problem is that the head of the body of Christ has risen to heaven to be given all power. But the rest of the body of Christ is seated here in this church. It is actually now on us to rout evil. It is on us to melt evil like wax and disperse it like smoke. And how do we go about doing that? Well, it starts with the evil within us. Sometimes we are overcome by sin, we are overcome by unkindness, the judgments of others. Sometimes someone says something so frustrating, or you're caught in traffic, or you're having a fight with your spouse or a friend, and you're just overwhelmed by anger. It feels like there is nothing you can do to just not be completely consumed by this. Sometimes someone says something that we think is so silly, we are overwhelmed by pride. There is nothing we can do to not think, this guy is a moron. You know, you have terrible taste, whatever it is. Sometimes we just get so utterly consumed by sin that it seems inevitable in that moment. That's just who we are. But all power has been given to the one who is the head of the body to which we belong. And when we turn to him in those moments, he can actually melt our pride like wax. He can disperse that anger like smoke. 
He can take our covetousness, our envy, our jealousy, our greed, all of these things that burden us and overwhelm us and ruin our lives and disperse them. But it only happens through prayer. If you try and overcome sin through willpower, through perfectionism, through getting it right, good luck, buddy. But if you're allowing Christ to do the work, the one to whom all power has been given, he will actually work through you to transform your pride into kindness and love, to transform your covetousness, your greed, your holding on to what you've got, into generosity, to transform our impatience, our gossip, our judgments of others, all of the stuff that brings us down into really just one thing, which is love. He has the power to do this. But we have to actually take part in the effort. We have to turn to him in prayer. We have to be open to his grace. We have to follow where he leads. But when we do, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.